and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Get your popcorn ready. It's game time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a team that is known as Stoppers. Stoppers. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Every single play, go take it. Bring that juice. Let's go get it. Come on. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Go Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Bowe. I'm on record as saying that Trubisky will start week one. I'm assuming week one starts on time in Detroit. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Well, for the Bears, too, you had the extra intrigue of this open competition. You know, now that's completely out the door. Now, here they are. What's up? Welcome in. Hogan Johns with you with a special training camp episode. By now, you probably get the drill. You know what this is. The annual Ryan Pace training camp conversation. Went with it a little bit quicker this year. Uh, things are getting underway at Hallis Hall with COVID-19 testing and intake. And yet, you're going to hear from Ryan Pace some Practicing already happening, not official practices, but guys are on the field. They're doing things, rookies, quarterbacks. It's good. Johnsy, how are we doing? Good, good. As Chuck Paganos would say, it feels good to be on the grass. Not, don't get carried away, everybody. Right. As Adam's rolling his eyes at me right yep. now. No, it's good to be on the grass. That's what he says. You're just quoting an <laughs> NFL coach there. <laughs> yes, I, I am. Just, I am. But the Bears are on the grass, going through walkthroughs. But football is... Is here. It's, back. it's they're wearing jerseys. Okay, that's a start. Uh, well, football's back. Sports are back. There's other sports going on: hockey, basketball, all baseball, all kinds of things. And uh, right now, you can say forty percent off on the Athletic, which is where you get this podcast. Don't miss exclusive, in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. And you should be subscribed to the Athletic if you're not already. You should be theathletic.com/slash/hogan-johns is where you go. You get forty percent off right now. So right now is the time. If you haven't pulled the trigger, you should get forty percent off an annual subscription. You get that at theathletic.com/slash/hogan-johns and. Uh, you won't regret it. Trust me. Uh, meanwhile, you can follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. You can read him, of course, at The Athletic, all that great stuff. Kevin Fishbane as well. Uh, who yeah, Kevin really – I feel like Kevin was a part of this interview today, even though he <laughs> wasn't here. He is – his fingers, I swear to God, he must ice them at night. He texts so much, <laughs> so much. What you get compared to what I get. I mean, he would be tired just from texting the group. Then don't forget about the 500 that Adam Johns has to deal with every single day. Well, I do feel like I'm in like three different group text chains that Kevin Fishbane is in. And so between those, I get a ton, but probably not as much as you. I'll concede that for sure uh so you can read him here <laughs> you're right <laughs> on the athletic along with dan pompey john and, greenberg yeah. and whatever Black you Hawks do and... don't give kevin your phone number just no. read him on the athletic <laughs> yes, plenty yes, of communication yes. uh he's at the fish man on twitter you should go follow him though uh no he's not he's That's not, not his twitter That's not his no twitter. <laughs> i should be we call him the fish man his twitter handle though is at k fishbane so you can get his twitter stuff there as my mind and brain gets crossed up. I'm surprised it hasn't gotten crossed up more already between baseball and football and all kinds of things, but uh, there we go. Uh, anyway, you can read me at NBCSportsChicago.com. Brand new 10 Bears Things column up, I think, depending on whenever this podcast is up. It should be up. It's, if it's Friday, it's up. That's for sure. Uh, who knows what day it is anymore. But we do have a special episode for you. The general manager, Ryan Pace, he has joined us uh, each and every year. Pretty much from the start. I think it's the fifth year uh, of Ryan Five Pace right. joining us on the podcast uh, We from training camp, at least. And uh, we really appreciate him doing that a little different, obviously, this year with everything going on. But we might as well jump into it. A lengthy conversation with the general manager uh, and some good stuff. So hopefully you enjoy it. I know he enjoys doing it with us and, and um, 
getting this for the listeners. So uh, that's something he reiterates each and every year. So here he is, Ryan Pace, our annual conversation. Ryan, we appreciate the time as always. And, uh, it, you know, we'll make the most of this, like everything else every single day. For sure. Just adapt along the way. I think, what is this, like four years in a row for us on this? I was thinking about that. I think it might be five. Five? But because uh, we did one, we did one in in uh, New England one year That's with right. you, and then uh, one inside Hallis Hall. Um, we've been all over the place, so this one's over Zoom. But we're looking forward to. It. I do have to ask you this though, because I know you guys have changed a lot of House Hall since the last time we were allowed in there. Um, what what's at my cubicle right now? Like, is it a is it a? Because you must have done something with the media room to make it <laughs> better for you guys. That might be the one room we haven't touched yet. Really? So, uh, we have used some of those meeting rooms down there. Like there's uh, where the old meeting rooms used to be. Uh, we've repositioned some of those. And I think the tight ends are meeting down in that area right now. Um, but we did not mess with your uh, cubicle area. <laughs> I'm sure Larry Mayer, if he gets a chance to uh, get down there, it's a uh... – an easy spot to, to, to hide out and, and do whatever Larry has to do during the day there at Hell's Hall. Big space. Uh, Ryan, I do want to start with this, though. Uh, as you guys continue to adapt with how, you know, how these next few weeks are going to work for you, I, one of the questions that I had that, that didn't get asked when we, we talked to you in our press conference is I, I'm sure there's – probably going to be some type of limit or effort to not keep guys in the building all day. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I don't know. But I'm wondering, did you guys learn anything from the spring, those virtual meetings, all the meetings you had? I mean, will more of that be incorporated even within a game week uh, and say, hey, look, this is a safe way for us to meet. It works. Do you envision that happening? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think there's two reasons for that. You know, a lot of them, We've realized the value of Zoom meetings. I think everybody's gotten comfortable doing these. So, you know, Matt will talk and say, hey, I want to, for, there's, there's certain times I really want to meet in person, you know, and, uh, and I want to use those, those moments wisely. But there's other times that Zoom meetings will be just fine and, and we'll adapt and we'll do that. Now, we've created the meeting rooms here, for example, the Walter Payton Center, where we can meet as a team and be extremely spaced out and feel very comfortable doing that. But I think there are times where Zoom meetings will fit in well. Um, like you said, I think, you know, when, you're, when you want to be really safe with it, I think Zoom's probably the best. But in addition to that, you know, we talk about sleep and recovery for our players. I think sometimes getting them home a little bit earlier where they can Zoom from home, getting them in bed a little bit earlier, those are all things we're mindful of. We were talking uh... – yesterday about this just just back when we started covering the team 2011 2012 just how different the building is just in, in sheer size and the media room that we were just joking around about wasn't the same size as it was the PNC, PNC center wasn't there and then you have the there was two football fields back then now you have four even the parking lots are, are bigger like when you Think about your, your time starting there to, to, to now, and you have this COVID-19 pandemic, but do you consider yourself almost fortunate to have all of this size to, and, and space to, to, to work with? Yeah, Adam, it feels like a, like a competitive advantage when you look at it. If you, like if you took an aerial view of all of the house hall property, we've maximized every inch of it. So, you know, four outdoor grass fields, 100-yard indoor, the ITC, and just the square footage of Allison itself, and, and we're using all of it. And then you mentioned the parking lots. You know, you you put the testing trail in one of those that occupies a lot of space. We still have plenty of parking. So I think you feel it. You feel how spaced out we are. There's a little more transition time as you walk around now because you know meetings in the Walter Payton Center and getting back over here. Um, we've even utilized the viewing suite that's above Field Three. That's a that's a meeting room right now. You know, just taking advantage of all that. And I think the players feel it, it, it you know, it's cool. You know, Nick Foles coming in the building for the first time and see him seeing house hall and just how excited he was with the quality of the facility, but then there's the space and how we use it. It was, it was neat to see a veterans players reaction to, to what we have and what we're doing with it. You also have the rookies in there right now. 
Um, and I'm sure that's incredibly important since they pretty much missed out on OTAs. And uh, I mean, they got the meetings, obviously, but it wasn't a normal situation with being able to get it on the field. You know, when you guys drafted Jalen Johnson, I looked at him as somebody who, you know, if everything went well in training camp, could start pretty quickly for you guys. Uh, given that you're not going to have practices for a few weeks and you're not going to have preseason games, which is t- to me those preseason reps are really important for rookies, what's realistic for a guy like that? Um, or is it just you don't really know until these guys get in here and you, you get a chance to look at them? Yeah, I would say this. You know, I've said this about this rookie class in general, and I mean it is the football IQ jumps out with these guys big time, all of them. And I think one of the things we found – I was just talking with some of the coaches about it yesterday with the Zoom meetings throughout the offseason is we've had a lot of quality time with them. And I, and I feel like just even in this first week in these walkthroughs, the rookies are really sharp. You know, Matt and I were talking about last night as we go out there and we go through these walkthroughs as, as an offense and as a defense, they're on top of it. You know, we're going through the cadences. There's very few mistakes. Everybody's lining up correctly. And I think there's really something to that that I think we've learned from this offseason. I think it – speaks to our coaches and the preparation they put in for the football IQ of these rookies. Uh, but that, that lines right in with Jalen Johnson. I mean, you guys know um, the type of football player he is, but the football IQ, the passion for the game, all those things are off the charts. And I think that's really going to bode well for him, but there's a lot of competition at that outside corner position uh, opposite Fuller. And we just got to see it battle out. And uh, I think that'll be fun to watch. Some of those tests, I'm sure, will, will come later in, in with August 17th when the, the practices really ramp up, right, where you have Jalen Johnson one-on-one against an Allen Robinson or an Anthony Miller or a Cordell Patterson, like two different types of guys, right? I'm sure you're looking forward to seeing, you know, the 50th, 50th overall pick go against your best receivers. For sure, and he's confident, in, you, know, you know, he'll thrive in those moments. And, you know, there's been so much time spin on the schedule because it's so important that we create as many competitive situations as we can get. So without the preseason game, so whether it's scrimmages or, you know, different creative things we're doing, um, I can tell, you know, Matt and his staff has has spent an enormous amount of time on the schedule to make sure we get the opportunities to see not just Jalen Johnson, but all these guys in those moments. We, along those lines, we discussed this on our last podcast, how, to adequately test your quarterbacks without preseason games, because there's a difference between you know trying to simulate that. Even if you're you know going live in practice, for instance, there's still a difference between a game where that guy knows he can be hit, and all of a sudden the footwork speeds up or gets sloppy for some reason because there's pressure. How do you, especially when we talk about Mitch and and how that's kind of been an issue? How do you test that without having the preseason games in this quarterback competition? Yeah, I think, you know, that's real. I mean, there's there's going to be challenges that we don't have a, a full-out preseason games. That's real. But it's I think it's just on us as a staff to do the best we can with the situation at hand. And every team's dealing with it. Um, but we'll create the – I mean, we, first of all, we have a, a really good defense for that offense to go against. So, you know, the competition will be strong. And, and just evening out the reps – and whether it be two-minute situations, all the different high-pressure stress moments we can put them under, you know, and I think we just got to watch each one of those moments, you know, and it's not going to be, um, you know, a an instant evaluation based off a, a series or a couple periods, or it's going to be, a you know, the totality of all of training camp and us collectively coming together as a staff and evaluating that. And we know how important it is, and I feel like, Whenever we're planning the schedule and Matt's in there with his coordinators and they're going over the schedules, I really think it starts with that quarterback position in mind first. Okay, that's we want to make sure we're setting the schedule to, to make sure we're putting those guys where we can where we can evaluate that accurately. To kind of go off that, yesterday you used the words collaborative decision just in terms of how the well the, the starter is going to be to be named. Like, can you? We had a few questions from from readers about that. Like, define that for us if you if you can. Like, what does that mean to you? How many voices are involved? Like, like what does the scout and you, you know, want to see from the QB specifically with with Mitch? Yeah, I think you know what's when I say collaborative. I think for me, 
I don't know any other other to say it than it's just very natural. Like it's for like Matt and I, we're together all the time. We're talking all the time. So it's not like there's these, there's these big meetings that happen once a week. We're going to like, we're talking constantly. So the dialogue is always going on, whether it's at practice or in my office or in his office. So it's, it's coming across as very natural and there's no surprises and, and it's happening as we go through this process. And I think that feeds off onto our staffs. So the scouts and the coaches and the relationship we've had, I've said this before, I think the, the relationship between the personnel department and the coaches is a major advantage for us because we communicate so well and we work together so well. I think when that happens, you know, we know what type of players fit our offense and defense. Uh, we're, we're finding players that fit the scheme. And there's just a lot of back and forth dialogue between our coaches and scouts that's constant. And I think that helps uh, a lot in our decision-making. You, you mentioned Nick Foles getting in the building. That had to be uh, exciting for you guys finally uh, and exciting for him. What, what I guess, using that word, excites you about him getting in there? Uh, obviously, there's a, a reason you like him since you went out and made that trade, uh, made it happen. He was a good fit with the coaching staff for many other reasons. But um, just what excites you about having Nick Foles on your football team right now? Yeah, I mean, beyond the physical traits um, that you've seen throughout his career um, is, is just the person that he is, you know, and I've heard so much about it, you know, but to, to, to finally see him in person and talk to him in person and you just, you know, you feel his experience, you, you feel his confidence, um, his charisma, um, just, a, just a really, really good person, you know, and a really good teammate. And it's really that whole room, you know, today at practice, you know, watching, you know, Mitch and Nick and Tyler Bray and realizing how well all three of these quarterbacks know the offense. So, you know, I look over at one moment and all three of them are talking to different rookies, giving them little tidbits and nuances of the offense. And they all three know it so well. It's a, it's a really good quarterback room. And I think, you know, they all feed off each other and they're all good people, um, and I think that's really important in that room because they got to gel together and they're together all the time. Yesterday, Matt was asked whether or not, you know, maybe Nick's absence, you know, not being around, not having OTAs, whether or not that put him behind the, the proverbial eight ball a little bit in terms of chemistry. But today, obviously, what you saw to today's Thursday as we're recording here, you, you saw some of that chemistry already starting to come out. You already saw that natural charisma already starting to come out. So you think once the veterans are here, seamless transition, even competition, how, how do you see this kind of playing out once everybody's on the field together? Yeah, I think, you know, Nick's going to have to get to know our, our players more than just over a Zoom, you know, but I think that's going to happen quickly, again, because of his personality. You know, he just has a, a really likable, charismatic personality. He's been through a lot of experience. He's played with a lot of different players. So I think that's going to be easy for him just because the person that he is, you know, he's uh, very approachable, very likable, but really all three of them are that way. So again, I think you could already feel it today, just, uh, just in the body language of all three quarterbacks, they're all comfortable, um, but they're all ready to compete too. You know, I can, you can, you can sense that also. And uh, we're looking forward to, to that playing out. How does Mitch look? He put a lot of work in this offseason, whether it's with a new private quarterbacks coach. He's got all the guys, you know, he, he organized these workouts. I'm sure you guys like that. Like, how does he look? How's he throwing the ball? Like, what should you make? What should we make of the work he put into this point now that he's back with you guys? Yeah, we're just, you know, we're just a couple days into these walkthroughs. But when he walked in the building uh, and, you know, had a couple sessions with our, with our strength coaches already, you know, they approached, you know, Matt and I just talking about how physically, how good he looks. You can see it, you know, just, just his build right now, his physique right now. Um, I think they were really encouraged. Their strength coaches were just in the conditioning sessions and the, and the weightlifting sessions, just where he's at physically. Um, it, it was very obvious uh, that he's been training very hard this summer. Ryan, I know you uh, insulate yourself from this, but it's honestly at times been exhausting this offseason. Every time something happens in the league with a quarterback, uh, it it seems like somehow the, the Bears' fire alarms go off. I don't know. Um, and we've been dealing with it. But I wanted to ask you, if you don't mind commenting on it, just the Cam Newton situation. He ends up signing really, really late. Uh, at one point, you guys were linked to him, and one thing I said over and over again after he uh, did sign with New England is that the market 
had to have been much different in March than it was when he signed. Uh, how involved with Cam Newton were you, and did did that make sense as a fit for the Chicago Bears? Yeah, and you know, with 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 him on another team right now, I, I don't want to get too much into that, but but I would just say there, you guys know there there were this past free agency, this past offseason, there were a lot of different options at quarterback, and we explored all those. Of course, we evaluated all of those, and I think when you talk about you know our coaches and our scouts, I mean, just coaches alone, you think about the the quarterback evaluators we have in our building with you know Coach Nagy, Bill Lazor, and Flip, and we're going and there's a lot of experience at that position in our building. And I feel like we are really thorough with the process um, and, we, and we went through all of them. And I can just speak to Nick Foles and, you know, obviously there's a reason why we went after him. There's a reason why we made that trade. Uh, there's a lot of background with him, uh, his, his experience, um, the success that he's had, his fit to, to our team and our offense. And, and we're excited about that addition and we're excited about this competition. Can that, Comfort can that experience with really like all three of the three or four of your coaches like can that be overstated overblown is there even such a thing when you're talking about the most important position in really of all sports yeah and I think especially with that position you know you guys there's so many things that go on behind the scenes with the quarterback position and that those guys have all been with them and through all those moments all the ups and downs. And then also at all different times of his career at different with different teams and different staffs. So we had a complete picture on Foles beyond what we were seeing on tape. And I think that's extremely valuable. It was, it was huge for us as we went through for all those different coaches to all independently have that conviction on him along with our scouts um, just made it easy uh, to, to make that decision when there's just conviction from the, scouts and the coaches together and that's how it was with Nick. Well I wanted to ask you about Cole Komet next. Um, here's a kid who we just talked earlier about the rookies. This is going to be a tough test for them to, to sort of jump in here but here's a kid who was playing baseball before in the spring and kind of dealing with this already sort of jumping in late uh, at Notre Dame into the season. Last year he had a collarbone injury, missed a bunch of camp, ends up starting against Georgia and that was probably the best tape he he had in college that game. So, uh, what gives you reason to believe that that Cole's going to be fine? Jump in here and, and be ready to go with your offense. Yeah, we have a, a lot of confidence in him, and I think a lot of it uh, comes from his work ethic and his preparation, his football IQ that jumped out through all these meetings, these virtual meetings, the offseason. I think Clancy Brown's done a really good job with him, and as soon as he walked in the building earlier this week, I mean, again, you just appreciate his size. You know, he's just such a, a big, imposing guy as he walks in the door. But then I hear the walkthroughs, I mean, he, he's picked it up so fast. And I know we're just in the beginning stages, but again, he's really smart. Um, he's really confident. Um, he definitely looks the part. And uh, we just think the sky's the limit with him. You know, he's still, you know, like we talked about his Notre Dame experience, splitting between baseball and football. Uh, he's still raw in some areas, but there's major upside, major arrow up with this player. And I think we pair him with some of the veterans in that room. I think it's just going to accelerate his career as we go forward. Personally, I love the, the local story. He, he's from a high school, which is a, a rival uh, of my high school. So all the text messages I would get from people my age about their younger siblings or someone who had played against them in the, the triple teams that he would get in the – you know, the, the, the proud moments, there's, there's like new bar tales around Chicago about, you know, the, the one time we played the Cole Komet, now he's on the, 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 the Chicago Bears, you know, I tackled him. I got one text message from a guy saying, my brother um, played a role in a, 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 a strip, uh, not a strip sack, but like a, a fumble recovery off him and how, you know, he can't stop talking about himself playing against the Chicago Bears. So for you as a GM, like, do you feel that? Do you sense that when you when you bring in a local kid like that? I'm sure you asked around about him, but here he is, played for, uh, played in one of the most powerful and best high school conferences in the Chicago area, and now he's part of your team. Do you feel that? Do you sense that? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, you know, of course, you know, we all saw the video after we selected him and all the traffic going in front of his house, and I just think it speaks to the you know the passion of our fan base and. In, in the city of Chicago and surrounding suburbs and how 
excited they are about that addition. And I think it speaks to the person Cole is and his family is too, because you can tell how much everybody thinks of him and his family. And then, um, yeah, so it's, it's a cool story, you know, and I think, it, you know, this off season, this summer, I would hear stories of, you know, our guys are up here training on their own and, you know, Cole's right here in town. So he was quickly able to get to meet some of our veteran players and, and kind of mesh in and build that chemistry and got a hit start on that. So I think him being local helped in that capacity as well. Hey, Ryan, your depth is already being tested here with uh, Eddie Goldman opting out. We, we found out that John Jenkins ended up on that COVID-19 uh, reserve list today too. Obviously, I could bring it up. You're going to talk about the depth you have. We all know you have a ton of depth there on, on your line. Uh, so I'm going to spin it this way. Jay Rogers, in my opinion, is one of the best position coaches in football, best D-line coaches. In a situation like this, why is he so important, and what can he do to get the rest of those guys that are out there prepared to to play and whatever techniques they need to play for you guys to get through the season? Yeah, I think you know it feels good when you have a coach that where you know whatever player you put in his room, he's going to maximize that talent of that player. That feels it gives you a lot of confidence as an evaluator because Jay's going to maximize the talent. Um, Beyond that, you know, Jay's a really good evaluator, too. So as we're going through any player acquisition, he's very involved. Um, and so he has a lot of ownership with every player in his room because he's been heavily involved in that process. Um, and I think I think he sees, OK, this is this is the strength of the player and this may be a limitation of the player. Let's work on his limitations, but also let's put this player in positions where we accentuate his strengths and in some cases hide his weaknesses. And he does that. And, you know, he doesn't skip a beat, you know, whether it's, it's an injury during the season. You know, last year, unfortunately, we lost to Keem. You know, or, or this year, you know, some of the things have come up. He, does, he doesn't blink. It's okay. How are we going to adapt? How are we going to adjust? Let's work together. Uh, and he does that. So, works. you know, we talked about the depth, I know, in the press conference the other day. And then there's avenues to improve it as we go forward, too. And, of course, we're looking at that. And Jay's involved with that. But I, I agree with you. He's, he's one of our best coaches. He does a good job in so many areas, um, and he's developed a ton of talent in that room as we've been together through the years. Ryan, I wouldn't hear the end of it if I didn't follow up with this question. Uh, options could be maybe guys out there in free agency, certain guys with certain nicknames that rhyme with, rhyme with um, I don't know, backs. <laughs> And I'm gonna jump in. I'm gonna jump in here too because we gave you the opportunity two years ago to break the Cleo Mack trade to us, and yeah. uh, and you and you didn't do it. So this is your chance. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the good thing talking to Josh Lucas and Champ Kelly and Jeff King, um, they do a great job of okay, you know our our ready list and, and who's out there. And it's not just the defensive line position. There's there's a lot of good candidates still out there right now. So for for a variety of reasons. So. We're on top of that. We're working through that. You know, there's 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 options now, and as you guys know, there'll be more options too. Um, you know, as training camp concludes and we get to the cut down, and so that'll be an important part of the process, as it always is. And there'll be certain positions we're focused on, and the D line is one of the ones you know we'll be looking at. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. It, this is kind of an unprecedented situation for you having to cut down your roster before camp even starts. I imagine, though, that there's going to be players that get cut elsewhere that you probably had written down on a list sometime as, as somebody that you like coming out of college or something like that. I mean, what's, what is this going to be like in the next week or so uh, across the NFL? Because it seems like just for, as an outsider looking in, there's going to be a lot of jumping around here with players and teams. Yeah, you know, it's tricky. It always is, Adam. When, when guys are getting cut before preseason games – you're relying on your college scouts and then you're relying on your college grades, you know, and then you're trying to find out, you know, why did this player get cut? You know, is there, is there any, is there anything more to the story that we need to know? And I think that's when we lean on relationships that we have across the league with other teams. Um, but you, so you're always processing through all that. I think that the, the big challenge will be this year, not having any preseason games. And we, we deploy our scouts all over to all these preseason games and we watch every single snap and every single rep and, we won't have that this year. So that's going to be, a, you know, obviously unprecedented. But so we're going to rely on our college grades and they're going to, we're going to rely on the intel we get, um, what we're hearing from these other teams. So 
if you feel us being a little tighter lipped uh, this this training camp, you'll know why. Because I think you're just mindful of without preseason games, other teams and other scouts are going to be looking over any piece of information they can get on uh, what's going on in other teams' camps. When we were talking about this uh, yesterday o- over Zoom, I, I, I felt like I, I had interest in this just in terms of like how does this pandemic change the, the scouts' life? I mean, these, these are guys who live their lives, make their livelihoods on the road, and, and you see that uh, a lot of college football teams are only going to play conference games. Uh, even professional scouts is going to be a bit different. I, I'm just curious, how does this – how do you envision being in charge of a personnel staff that's playing out for, for your crew? Yeah, I'm always thinking about it, you know, and we have, you know, just so everybody knows, you know, we have our pro department that's here in house with us. And then we have our, our college department, and our area scouts that live all over the countries and most of them live in their areas. Um, so yeah, you talk about the pro scouts and, you know, how is advanced scouting going to be handled this year? You know, normally you're, you're a week ahead watching our opponent and, and coming back with a lot of important information and, we're still working through that process, you know, with the league and the protocols that will be set up for that. And then with the area scouts, it's a fluid process as well. You know, the likelihood of, you know, are they going to be allowed on campus or are they not going to be allowed on campus? You know, can we go to live games? Um, how are we going to handle that part of the evaluation? You know, obviously the, the good thing now is the technology's gotten so good. Their setups at home with video, they get video uh, pretty instant. When, when it happens and they, it's almost like they're at house hall at their home with the access they have, the ability to do searches and, and, and all the tools that they have, our IT department, our video department has done a great job really having them equipped. So we're going to lean on the technology, but, you know, having boots on the ground and, and getting information and intel from those schools, it'll, it'll be, it'll be challenging this year. And I think that's when we lean on the relationships that they've established uh, in their time in their area and the experiences that they have uh, with the staffs at those colleges, because it's going to be important. It's going to be different, but every team's going to be dealing with the same set of rules. How damaging would it be if there's no college football season? It, it, it'd be hard, you know, for a lot, for so many reasons, you know, and, you know, and there's so many more important reasons. And, you know, I just look at the, you know, sometimes with this myopic lens of just, just us, but, you know, I think about their, the, the players at those schools and the experiences that, you know, they, they might miss out on and, and the coaches and the student bodies and the fan bases. That's hard, you know. And, but for us, you know, you know, we'd have to lean on previous year's tape. And, you know, there's so many guys you see, you know, especially as young players, you know, blossom, you know, in the final year of their collegiate career or different things that can happen. So it's just going to be unique. Um, every team's going to be dealing with the same thing, um, and these are unprecedented times for sure. Ryan, we did a live chat today with readers, Bears fans, whatnot, uh, on the Athletic and Three or four of them that I got dealt with Allen Robinson, the extension, his future. What would you tell them? I, I kept pointing out, hey, there, there's plenty of time. Uh, Kyle Long signed in September that year. Uh, Akeem Hicks was a September signing. Eddie Goldman was the September signing. Like, what would you tell fans that are concerned maybe about the, the extension coming for Allen Robinson? Yeah, I mean, you know, you guys know how we are when, when we get talking about contract, contracts and, and extensions. And, you know, we're usually pretty quiet on that front. And it'll be no different with this. But, look, we know how good of a player Allen Robinson is. And we know how important he is to our team. And not just a great player, but a great teammate, a huge part of our culture. And so, so we recognize that. And it's just – you know, sometimes there's a, there's a lot of factors that go into play as you work through these things. And, you know, we just keep those things behind the scenes. And it's, I think it's just better for the process. But, you know, we appreciate A-Rob. We recognize the talent that he is and the person that he is. Uh, I, w- I want to wrap up here uh, quickly talking about the offensive line because I feel like that's sort of gone under the radar a little bit this offseason. I know you guys – Love what you have with Juan Castillo as a coach, um, but otherwise, you know there wasn't a ton of movement. You bring in Effetti, who I know you you guys like it, potentially switching the guard, but you know the tackles are pretty much what they have been. Uh, w- w- as you sit here right now with training camps starting, why do you uh, think your offensive line will be better this season? Yeah, I think you know I know we do talk about Juan Castillo a lot, but I think it is important. I think sometimes. The, the, the coaches, 
I look at, I've said this before, sometimes I look at it almost like a UFA acquisition and their multipliers. And he's one of the elite offensive line coaches in the NFL. Um, and beyond that, uh, really good with run scheme. And I think, uh, and it has a relationship with Coach Nagy that goes back a long time. So I think there's that chemistry and that trust factor is important. And uh, he has a track record of maximizing the players that he has. And it's the, the current veteran players, but it's also the young players. Um, it's exciting to see him work with those guys. Even in the first couple of days, um, I just you can just feel Juan's passion for the game and the relationship that he has with his players. Um, I think uh, you know we were excited to get Jermaine Effetti. Uh, we're excited about Rashad Coward and, and his development going forward. Um, and then I think just James Daniels growing. Cody Whitehair is continuing to get better year by year. And then the tackles, you know, Charles Leno's uh, very athletic, uh, very high-end work ethic. Um, he's had a really locked-in offseason. You can just tell with his approach. I like where his mindset is right now. I love pairing him with Juan for Juan to work with that athleticism. Uh, same thing with Bobby Massey. So I think Juan's going to get the most out of him. I think those guys are really motivated right now. Um, and uh, I'm more excited about it. Yeah. So for my last one, there is the vibe I kept getting from players that we talked to this off season, and you just mentioned the, the motivations of the, of the offensive line. That, like, how tangible is that feeling of amongst your veteran players of we got something to prove. We feel like that wasn't us last year. Going twelve from four and then go eight and eight. Like, how, how tangible are those emotions as these guys? is you start to see these guys around the building. Yeah, I keep on trying to verbalize it. It's hard for me to express it. You know, that, that what you just said, Adam, that feeling, right? And I think if there's anything, when, when once I knew we weren't having an offseason, that's the first thing my mind went to was, I knew when the season ended, everything that you just said, how strong that feeling was. Like, not just the players, but every single staff member and all the coaches just – you know, it didn't last year didn't sit well with any of us. And I love the state of mind our team is, and I'm excited to see that energy continue right into this training camp. We got we need to maintain that because everybody has a bad taste in their mouth uh, from what happened last year. Uh, and I and I think that's going to propel us as we go forward. Well, I know you're happy to have that facility there. Uh, it, certainly wish it was under different circumstances. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I wish I was in Bourbonnet right now. Uh, you know, I could even I, I I would accept some Tariq Cohen donuts with that slingshot thing again. I mean, I know you, I know you guys didn't love it, but I think a lot of us would take that right now. For sure, I you know once you guys are back out here, just being around football, uh, being back on the practice fields. It just, you know, it just gets you back in your routine. So it's been so good to be back in the office and see all our staff and see all our players. And I think, you know, one thing that I, I tried to express, you know, the other day in the press conference was just an appreciation for our staff because nobody's blinked. I mean, you know, Matt said it. I think everybody's looked at this as a challenge, you know, and, and how can we adapt better? You know, how can we adjust better? How can we be creative with what, we've, what we have? And that's what we see taking place. And every day there's a new hurdle. You open one door and there's, you know, there might be six more obstacles, but I, I never, I don't see anybody getting frustrated. That's staff and players. And we're just knocking these out together one by one. And that's, it's fun to be part of. All right. It's got to feel good to, to be back out there. This may sound very meatball-y, but I always felt like football had a smell to it, especially like as you report, maybe it's just the fresh cut grass and the, the pads or whatnot, but I always... That was just what Bourbonnet smelled like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the the aurora or the aurora, the the aura of, of brick brickstone or whatnot. And the fields here look amazing, and I, I told Kim Rock they better look amazing because we haven't been on them for this, right. this, this the last four months. But the fields look great. I'm all four of them, so uh, you guys will feel it when you get out here for sure. All right, Ryan. Well, thanks so much for your uh, generous time. Uh, again, jumping on here. We love doing this every training camp. It's a little bit different this year, but uh, genuinely wish the best to everybody involved with the Bears that hopefully everyone stays safe and healthy because that's a challenge for everyone right now. Sure, you guys too. I appreciate you guys. You guys do a great job, and I'm always happy to do this podcast. All right, well, I know our listeners appreciate it. Thanks so much. Ryan Pace, Thanks, Bears Ryan. General Manager. Thanks, guys. Well, John, you tried. With the Snacks Harrison. I don't know what you were rhyming things with, but 
<laughs> I, I think he picked up on it. Yes, yes. You know, I, I thought I would be I'd be clever and then snacks, what rhymes with snacks, and nothing clicked right away. Until a lot of I, things rhyme with snacks. <laughs> backs, That's tracks, what I said. I said backs, smacks, you know. Max, yeah. Just, uh, Cleo pen, Max. You know, just, uh, yeah. <laughs> Cleo Max, that's what I yeah. See, you should ask that question, my friend. Oh, I took the Cam Newton one. <laughs> yeah, so I was tried. off the hook for uh, Snacks Harrison. We tried, everybody, we tried. Hey, look, it was, fun. Oh, was fun. It was, and uh, appreci- I really do appreciate Ryan's time because that's a, a long conversation, and we hit on a lot of topics with him. Um, obviously, he's in a position where you can't get too in-depth with um, a potential player they might be trying to sign, might not. I honestly don't know. Uh, my big question with Snacks Harrison, I mean, look, he makes a lot of sense for the Bears right now. Is he healthy? That's my question. And and he's not the same guy he was a couple years ago. He's not going to be Eddie Goldman. I don't, they, they can't acquire a player right now that uh, would be Eddie Goldman. The, the, um, here's, let me bring this up. And I, the, the bigger splash to me is not at that position. And I'm not necessarily thinking it's going to happen or is even necessarily a need. But what if the Bears waited out this Jadavian Clowney situation and with the cap space they have, gave him a one-year prove-it deal? If that's what it comes down to. I don't know if it will. Yeah. But the yeah. market, who knows what the market's like right now. Now, if I'm Clowney, I don't want to be a free agent in 2021. No. Same no. thing if I'm Allen Robinson. I don't want to. I'd much rather get the security now, given what could happen with the salary cap next year and the uncertainty. So Eddie Goldman's money is off the Bears' books in terms of salary cap, right? That's what I mean. I mean, uh, most of it is. I think the, some of the roster bonus was already pl- paid out. Paid out, yes, yes. Yeah. So that would qualify as a Cleo Mack-like splash, and those things happen. Those things happen with Ryan Pace. I would say Snacks Harrison's more likely. Yes. But we've seen this type of stuff happen before. And if you can't find somebody to replace Eddie Goldman, you could still make your pass rush even more threatening. Yes. And that would be <laughs> beyond threatening. Uh, we're completely speculating here. We should qualify our <laughs> conversation here. But <laughs> that would be. Something up front because Clowney can move all over the defensive line and, and just like having him inside with an Aki mix. Yeah. Like, holy moly. Devastating. Devastating. I don't know. That's just, yeah. It's just an idea. I like, I have ideas sometimes. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're expensive. That would count as uh, an expensive idea. But I think it, it could make sense uh, depending on how all that plays out. I don't expect Clowney to sign anytime soon, by the way, with anybody. I think if I'm him, I'm waiting out training camp um, and trying to time whatever COVID intake process there is to to jump in close to when the season starts. But anyway, uh, again, good stuff with Ryan Pace and do need to take a quick moment to tell you about our friends at DraftKings. The final 22 teams have made their way down to Orlando They're ready to get back out on the court. And while the ending to this year's basketball season will be different than years past, there will not be a shortage of excitement. And there's no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. To celebrate the return of basketball, DraftKings will have not one but two $1 million top prizes through the first two days of the resumed season. So get in on all of the action now. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy basketball is easy to play. Just pick eight players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for three-pointers, rebounds, assists, and more. There's no better way to put your basketball knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million. But if basketball isn't for you, don't worry. DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy golf action for this week's tournament with millions of dollars up for grabs this week. There's no better place to have skin in the game than with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now. Use promo code RUN, R-U-N, to get a free shot at millions of dollars. Up for grabs this week with your first deposit. That's promo code RUN to get a free shot at millions of dollars with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, John's uh, pretty much going to let the Ryan Pace 
interview be what this podcast is, but any uh, quick takeaways? Before I we was kind of disappointed he didn't take my Larry Mayer bait this year. Usually, yeah. so we've done this five years running, so I'm now four of five of getting a good joke in, in there uh, on the Bears senior writer for chicagobears.com but uh he did not he laughed he laughed you know I, i'm I was, happy that they're not completely demolishing the the media room i mean i mean if i remember right in new england that one year when larry we talked to larry mayer a few weeks ago you can go back and listen to the interview when larry was uh, becoming an assistant wide receivers coach ryan actually fired his own shot <laughs> at larry yes, he, yes, he did. i believe in that podcast yeah didn't he even have to tee him up? It was right there to, when he was out there throwing footballs around. Uh, but, you know, the Nick Foles, in all seriousness, you know, we, we, we love Larry. Let's get that out there. But in in all seriousness, I think the Bears really love this this Nick Foles guy. I mean, did you get that too? Like, Well, and, and there's the thing. You know, anybody who's going to probably take something from his Cam Newton answer, uh, which he didn't say a lot, not surprising, Here's what the takeaway is, and it really hasn't changed. The Bears wanted Nick Foles. They feel like he's the fit for this team, and not only his fit with the coaching staff, his fit with potentially this offense, uh, being able to pick all that up quickly, but again, it also gives, to me, uh, the fair shot for Mitch Trubisky to continue to Hopefully, develop and have make this a competition. I mean, they, they can't. It's already somewhat of a circus here in Chicago. But if you had brought Cam Newton in here, everybody would. I mean, it would just be Cam Newton or else, right? I mean, nobody would give Mitch a shot. Most people aren't giving Mitch a shot anyway. Um, and I, I also do believe that uh, people are not considering enough what the climate really was in March when you had a guy coming off a foot injury, foot surgery. You couldn't get him in for a physical. Remember that first week of March? I mean, the first, the the free agency yeah. week. The week they, the, the time period when they acquired Nick Foles. I mean, to me, it would have been reckless to have, and I think Cam Newton would got more money back then too. Maybe. I don't know. But how do you bring in a guy like that when you can't even look at him? There's a reason why he lasted so long in free agency, which allowed the New England Patriots of all teams to, to sign him this late and for that cheap. Like, that was not a contract that others were getting. Like, Teddy Bridgewater like blows Cam Newton's contract out of the water, right? Just just in terms of value, market, competition for certain players. It just wasn't there for Cam Newton because there were just so many questions about his foot, and there still are questions about his foot. Are, are, are there not? Like, we need to see, teams need to see him move. There's There's been no OTAs, and the, the movements in terms of just running and, and working out are a lot different than football moves when you could step on somebody's ankle or somebody could step on your foot, or running has been such a valuable part of what you are as a player, which is Cam Newton's story. Just look at his running stats. They are part of who he is as a quarterback. Does that change who he is as a quarterback if he can't run? That's a fair question. And I think I think too many people are picturing Cam Newton, Super Bowl Cam Newton, and not realizing how long ago that was. Do you realize his best season? I can't remember if I brought this up on this podcast or not. I know I brought it up on TV a couple times. But his best season, Cam Newton's best season since the Super Bowl year, was 2018. Do you know who had better numbers than Cam Newton oh, in 2018? You're going to say it. You're, you're it's Mitchell it. Trubisky. Yeah, but that's did. true. <laughs> and and that's not to talk up Mitch. It's to set in the reality of what Cam Newton has been for so long. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, meanwhile, we just... I don't think he's just, been to a Pro Bowl since that MVP season. Uh, no. No. Yeah, I don't think I'm wrong in saying that. No. Um. He could have. No, nope, I'm looking at it right now. He has not been to a Pro Bowl since 2015. Right, and he, but he could have in 2018, except for the fact that, again, Mitch Trubisky was better than him. You said it again. He did it again, everybody. Did yeah. it again. Well, and meanwhile, we just brought up like a story from a month ago and made it a thing again. So, yeah, it's okay. anyway, we should get out of here. Good podcast.
it's always fun having the general manager on. And uh, it feels like training camp is here, kind of, even though... Well, for him it did. Like, he, he just came back from practice or I know. walkthroughs or whatever they're allowed to do at this point. So he's seen guys in uniforms. That's... But- I feel like you and I should be wrapping this up right now and heading over to TJ Donlins. <laughs> First, Mal Hibachi. Mal Hibachi, TJ Donlins. Love TJ's. Not a place I would go during a pandemic, though. Let me just point that out. <laughs> no. 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 We'll be missed, though. It will we'll be. be missed. All right. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Read us. I'm sure we'll have some things up on this interview, too. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Subscribe. Get it. 40% off right now. NBCSportsChicago.com is where you can read me. I will have a 10 Bears Things column up, or it may already be up, depending on when you're listening to it. To this, it is there for you. And uh, we appreciate you listening. Please rate and review the podcast. Thanks to Ryan Pace for giving us so much of his time. Thanks to the Chicago Bears. Hopefully our listeners got uh, some, some extra stuff out of this. I know we talked a lot in that press conference yesterday too, but uh, we, we tried to hit some different angles with him because there is a ton to talk about with this, this team. I hope they play football because I think they can be pretty good. Um, thanks to our producer, Kent Garrison. We're out of here. We'll talk to you next week. We'll probably talk plenty about quarterbacks Another, another special podcast coming we do we have a good guest for you next week so be ready for it football's here we're back and hopefully you're ready to go talk to you then see ya certain guys with certain nicknames that rhyme with um i don't know backs (laughs) 